Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Thanks for joining us today. Well, today we're going to explore auctions. You know, auctions is one of the two oldest professions in the world. They've been around a long time and they're not going anywhere. We'll explore which properties and which situations might work best for the auction process. We'll also talk about the various types of auctions because that's certainly been changing. We'll also share some best practices for sellers, brokers, and buyers to benefit from the auction process. Please welcome my guest, Scott Swartz. He is president of Commercial Auction Group, which is a division of Bull Realty. Scott has been in the auction business for 24 years. He's auctioned properties in 20 states and performs about 50 auctions a year. Scott, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, we appreciate it. And first of all, if we could get a good start here and, and talk to us about why auctions? I mean, why does somebody say, all right, it's it's let's auction this property? Sure, ab- absolutely. When it comes to uh, you know commercial real estate, a lot of times an auction sale uh, makes sense. Uh, now, obviously, for, for most banks and bankruptcy courts, that's going to be ongoing business, and there are sellers that are always going to need to move assets uh, quickly. Uh, but for most conventional sellers, an auction sale will work when maybe it's been listed for a long period of time, and um, it just needs a little changing of the guards, maybe knock the dust off a little bit. Sometimes a property can sit and gather some dust, and so often in those regards, an auction sale makes sense to kind of come in and maybe interject a new uh, new motivation, new psychology that, uh, that now's the time to get this thing sold. And what is the psychology? You know, as we talked about in the intro here, you know, auctions have, have been around forever. What is the psychology? Why do they work so well? You know, I, I don't think anyone says, hey, we're going to that auction to pay retail. <laughs> yeah. You know, they say, right. look, we're going to go to an auction sale with the, with, with the mindset of we're going to get the proverbial deal. We're all smart people and, uh, and greed kicks in and it's time to get that deal. And, and, and that's why auctions work. And I think, that, I think it's important for a successful auction to work if there is some good psychology. And what that means is, is, is that you're selling, you know, the property is what it is. You can't change that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what most people, when they call me, they really don't ask questions about uh, the real estate. They say, what's the deal? I don't get questions about cap rates. I don't get questions about acreage and square footage. Most of that stuff's available for them on the website. Uh, but when most people call, they say, hey, why are they doing an auction? Why are they resorting to what, an auction? What's the story? What's the deal? What's the blood in Where's the Where's the blood? And that's, and that's it. And, 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 and truly, the higher level of distress or the higher level that we can say that this seller is legitimately going to move this property the day of the auction typically translates into not only um, a higher level of interest, but typically a higher level in price at the, at the mm-hmm. time of the auction. Yeah. Um, and so psychology is very important for an auction to um, to be successful. And so that's what we're always looking for. Okay. And also, I guess, if you're a seller and you want to close at a certain time and you want to close, say, in 30 days, for sure, no matter what, I mean, the auction is the process, right? It, it is. I mean, that the, it, it force it can not only force the issue, but it can also freeze the market. Mm-hmm. If you've got similar other assets, commercial assets in a given um, market that are somewhat the same, mm-hmm. um, you put an auction sign up next to several other for sale signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, those for sale signs won't get as much activity until the auction has. has now that's not completed. very nice of you. I know, but <laughs> I know we sneak into certain neighborhoods. But trust me, we're only there for thirty days, so yeah. you don't have to hate us too long. We get in and sell it and go on down the road. And I understand exactly 
um, what you're saying. But uh, but that is that is the motivation, everything behind auction is forcing the issue and getting it done. For instance, we're doing an auction sale uh, next week. Um, that uh, the situation behind it is is that there's some unpaid county taxes that are due. And so we're going to do an auction sale on uh, a Tuesday. And the following Tuesday, the property has to close. Just so it has because to close in one week. It's a situational type thing because yeah. they, the, the seller has backed themselves in a corner the way they don't have any other choices. And the auction will is really the only way to force or, or have a mechanism in place to force legitimate bidders to bid against each other to get to a point, to hopefully get to a fair price to to not only get it under contract, but in this regards, it's going to close a week later. Yeah, I mean, as a seller, you like it if you know you've got a quick closing uh, in the auction process. You have uh, typically no contingencies, right? No inspection, no financing contingencies. That's they've it. got hard money they put down at the auction, and if they don't close, they lose that or worse, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Most A lot of conventional contracts will have a due diligence period. Well, our due diligence period starts when you find out about the auction. Right. If the auction's in two weeks, guess what? Your due diligence period is two weeks. You've got that Before length of time auction. to do your work, right. and and it helps us because if you do, you know, you want you want knowledgeable bidders to be at your auction sale, and you want them to have gone through um, the efforts to, to to satisfy what they think the property is or isn't, and this sort of thing. And it usually helps us because at the time of the auction, if a seller, if a, if a buyer genuinely believes that it's going to be sold, they'll spend the time that's necessary on the front end to be ready that day of the auction to, to make a decision. Yeah, buyers like that concept that they know this seller's gonna sell this property uh, come whatever or high water, sure. and they're gonna, they're gonna yeah. sell this property <laughs> this day. Now, what types of sellers, we mentioned banks and, and uh, bankruptcy situation, what, what other types of sellers might be right for an auction? This is what I think, it's, it's 2014, and I think when everything uh, went south in 2008, there were people out there and I'll be real specific that were in, had a building to sell, and maybe they were in their early 60s and were you know about wanted to sell that property and head to the beach and live the good life, and they got caught. The, the market dipped. Now, as the market begins to get better, I think the new seller, other than the bankruptcy court and and institutional type sellers, banks, so forth, is a guy who's or a person who's not 60 anymore. They're closer to 70, and they're not, I don't want to say as critical of the price, but there's more of a value to them to get it sold, get the money in the bank, get it working in some other you know, capacity other than, than just sitting there. And so what, what we're starting to see now is properties that have been on the market for an extended period of time, the seller's um, motivation has increased, and the love affair is over, and it's time to move this, and let's, uh, let's get on to where we're we meant to go. Okay. And Scott, we're talking with Scott Swartz with the Commercial Auction Group about auctions. And Scott, are there certain property types that work better than others in the auction process? Yeah, I think so. I think um, anything that a person can bid and buy and close and make money the next day, and I'm not talking about a flip. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, flips occur certainly with auctions, but anything income producing or has the potential quickly to turn, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, and I think to categorize that, maybe the properties that don't do as well maybe land, you know, the, the proverbial buy and hold for a while. But what we see doing really well are the commercial properties um, that have the have some quick upside. And it doesn't have to necessarily be income producing now, um, but most um, bidders are eternal optimists that come to an auction. And if they see an opportunity where they can come in, close on it, spend some money to rehab a property, and immediately get a tenant in there or, or soon after, 
and bring the money in, that's when it starts to um, you, you seem to have more interest on those types of um, of those types of assets. Okay, well that makes sense, and we're going to have a uh, auction here on the show uh, today and this week. So tell us what we're auctioning, and can you bring it over here? Is it in the in the studio? Yeah, we've got it here? here. Great. Yeah, thank you, Mike. We uh, we wanted to give. Um, people an opportunity to, to bid on something being the being an auctioneer you have the luxury thank you since you're in the book we get a lot of charities especially here where mm. we live here in Atlanta we've got a lot of local charities that are certainly uh, good causes and we do a lot of different charity auctions and this mm. is an auction this is a baseball that we got signed by Hank Aaron I'm sure most of you know who Hank Aaron is and he signed it with an inscription of 755 which is his total uh, home runs he hit in his uh, illustrious career so mm-hmm. we wanted to um, you know to donate this put this out there to some of our listeners and say hey listen here's an opportunity for you to bid and um, and uh, give us some money and that money is going to go headed in the right direction now, any of the proceeds that, that come from this are going to go back to where we got them from we got this uh, baseball signed at a Children's Health Care of Atlanta event Children's Health Care of Atlanta um, is the largest children's hospital in the country and uh, we did an event with them not too terribly long ago and just to find out that their operating budget on a daily basis is right at a million bucks so mm-hmm. we hope this baseball would hope to bring somewhere under a million dollars but we'll certainly <laughs> see right that's, so we thought we'd right. have some fun and let it go <laughs> that's right so if you can we're going to use twitter to bid on this so if you can just use hashtag 755 and uh, put in your uh, bid so uh, you, you know if you you search under that hashtag you can see what the high bid is and uh, you can bid over it, right? Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Right. Don't, uh, as they say, op- op- open your hearts and your checkbooks, as they say. That's right. And we'll have <laughs> this, this bid open until two, two, no, 3 o'clock on Wednesday. So until 3 o'clock Wednesday, and then we'll announce it on Twitter, who won the baseball, all right? And, uh, Scott, before we end this segment, uh, give us a sample of, of a call that uh, you would be doing at a just like a, well, it's easy, you yeah. know. It's easy to you know. You want to always try to start with a bid, but most people mm-hmm. say, well, how do you talk so fast? How do you do it? And it's easy, you know. Mm-hmm. You've got five. Let's just say five thousand now. Ten, mm-hmm. ten now. Fifteen. Give it a one. Give it a give it a twenty-five mm-hmm. now. Thirty. Give it a thirty-five. So we talked a little earlier about mm-hmm. it to where I think people say, well, what are you saying in between the numbers? And mm-hmm. I'm going to dispel any and all rumors that in between these numbers is absolute gibberish. <laughs> it can start off as I have five. Would you bid ten? But would you bid? Give it a bone. Give it a bone. Who you tell me? For thing, give it a twenty-five now. Yeah. And before you know what you're doing, an auction sale. And and the reason for that, obviously, is to expedite the uh, auction to get to where you're going and uh, kind of hopefully create some excitement. We All hope right. it works. Well, stay with us. We'll have more on the auction process. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today we're talking about auctions. We have Scott Schwartz here with the Commercial Auction Group. And Scott, I'd like to talk about in this segment some of the various types of auctions because it's just not one size fits all, right? So what are the basic types of auctions? <clears throat> the, the oldest is probably the old-fashioned way, just show up, you know, which is considered an on-site auction. You know, it's selling on-site. 
Um, uh, typically, you'll go straight to the property, and uh, the auctioneer will, will, will be there at some level ahead of time and conduct registration, answer any questions, that sort of thing, and have the auction conducted right there, which I think traditionally is still every, every auctioneer's favorite. Mm -hmm. We like to do it, and, and I think bidders like that, too, because they get to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe and eyeball-to-eyeball. -eyeball. They see exactly who they're, who they're bidding against and so forth. But with technology being what it is, the, the Internet has come in with a lot of online type auctions to where some assets now are just sold online only mm -hmm. and um, there are certain types that may be better served to be sold online only as mm -hmm. opposed to um, uh, on site uh, and then there's kind of the combination of, of uh, what I like to consider the best of both worlds and mm -hmm. typically for your bigger commercial type assets you're going to have a, a you know in order for me what I think in my opinion to get the most amount of money for an asset is a combination of an on-site auction that's coincided by uh, live webcast bidding to where you've got a a facilitator off-site facilitating uh, um, bidding for people that just can't participate in the auction um, for one reason or another to where you can hear the audio um, see the you know see the auction take place and you'll be prompted to bid based upon what the auctioneer is asking for and so mm -hmm. forth at the same time the live auction is going on and in my opinion that's that's truly the the purest way and and and, and many people that participate on a live webcast uh, auction uh, do it for two reasons it's a convenience factor for them uh, that doesn't have to necessarily uh, if you're selling an asset in Dallas and these people are in Charlotte they don't have to incur the cost a second time after they've done their due diligence and inspection to, to, to come back out. And also, too, there's another reason why it works is because certain people, and especially in larger type assets, they want to they like having a little bit of curtain behind them. They don't necessarily want to know that uh, they don't want everyone else to know at the auction that who's bidding against them and so forth. And mm -hmm. so there's a little bit of a um, psychology to that as well that, that works. And what do you say to the bidder, let's say, that they are in person? and they're competing with a bidder online that they can't really see how do they get a comfort level that that's real they don't oh. <laughs> you know listen uh, I, I call it what it is you know if mm -hmm. you can't see them you, you don't know and that, that type mm -hmm. of thing but I, but that's starting to that's starting to fade a little bit mm -hmm. um, the best advice I could give a bidder in that regards is if you think that the person on the other end of the phone or online is not uh, credible then don't bid Right, um, yeah. and, and when you put it in that regards, they say, "Well, I want to bid." Well, just bid because I think as as time goes by, um, every auctioneer has had to embrace the technology, mm -hmm. and we love it. It, it works well. It, it, it broadens our market to be able to allow more people to mm -hmm. bid, and it, and it really works. So, but I know what you're saying is the mm -hmm. suspic suspicion of who's on the other end of the phone and and, mm -hmm. and and online type thing. But that's that's fading. Every auction we do, it fades and and, and fades because it's become more uh, more accepted and more real. Okay. And of these types of, of auctions, um, which ones would you say work best for a certain type of asset? Is there, you know, how do you decide uh, which we recommend to, to clients? You know, yeah. Um, the online only, mm -hmm. um, in my opinion, um, some properties aren't the prettiest to look at. <laughs> and, you know, and some of them aren't the easiest to get to. And so sometimes... Uh, those may serve better online, and I th also think too the reason they go online is when you don't think you're you're going to have a huge market to where maybe the market's thin for that type of product. And mm -hmm. so, if you put it online, maybe the only two or three bidders out there that actually exist that would want to buy this, um, it's easier to put it online uh, because um, it, it works, and you're not going to have the huge crowd there that you like to have just from a um, mm -hmm. uh, a, a positive standpoint where bidders see each other. I think I think we all validate 
each mm. other with our own actions. And so mm. if a bidder shows up to an auction where there's only one or two other people, they start scratching their heads going, oh my gosh, you know, what am I doing here? If it's online, online only, they don't know. Mm-hmm. They assume they like it, so the rest of the world could be potentially bidding against them. Well, if it's absolute and there's only two guys I'm bidding against, I might actually like that. Well, <laughs> you know, I'll say this: it only takes one other knucklehead to screw your deal up. You know, that's all it takes. And, but, and so, and we've had those where you have two people there, but mm-hmm. but as long as you get the right two people, you can be equally successful. Because in every auction, you're always going to have a high bidder, and you're always going to have a backup bidder. And so, two is effectively all it takes. And I also think too that that um, you know, other properties where you know you're going to have a great demand and mm-hmm. you know that there's going to be um, um, a lot of people at the auction, the, the on-site auction works because it just, um, it's, it, it's like a crowded, it's like a, a restaurant where the parking lot is full of cars. Mm-hmm. Before you walk in, you assume the food is good. Mm-hmm. An auction is no different. Right. If you pull up and you already have a multitude of cars there, that person who has been inspecting the property by themselves ahead of time their suspicions are already validated by the fact that there's other bidders there. So um, it, it takes a lot of, um, you want to look at any asset that you're going to auction on the front end mm-hmm. to determine the best format uh, of how to market it to get the best price for it and convey the right uh, message that you're trying to. All right, and let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the process and the cost. So if I have a property that I'd like to consider the auction process, uh, what should I do and, and what might it cost? Well, um, the first step is we like to go look at it. Um, uh, y- y- there's an old ex- no one knows how dumb you are until you tell them. <laughs> and until you go look at it and do your homework and educate yourself on what you have, um, we don't like to get too involved with potential expectations and prices because mm-hmm. we're going to look at it from what we think it's worth and what we think it should bring at auction. And if it coincides with what a seller thinks, then we can take the next step. And the next step is, okay, you know, we're somewhere in the ballpark of, of, of reality. Mm-hmm. And um, let's look at the components of cost. And with every auction, there's two components. Uh, typically, there's some level of, of marketing cost incurred. And there's a commission. Mm-hmm. And the commission's only paid at the time of closing, typically. Um, but uh, we want to put together a marketing campaign on the front end that is effective to get the job done. And, and, and the cost of that can fluctuate from as little as, Five hundred dollars to to fifty thousand and up, just depending upon the asset type. Um, but we're finding out to be more specific with that is the old days, and this is purely my opinion, and we're seeing it happen throughout the industry. Um, the old day of spending a ton of money to bring people in is is diminishing. Uh, the nice looking brochures, the big heavy postage costs, and direct mail and so forth. What we're finding out is. We are positioning ourselves online through internet marketing and so forth to be uh, available when people are looking for us, and that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Is mm-hmm. I, you know, um, as people are all online and, and looking for different opportunities, uh, we want to make sure that we come up on that first page. And when we're doing our auctions, we survey the people that come to our auctions just by a quick show of hands. Doesn't take long, and say, "Hey, how are you finding out about today's auction?" Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the sign on the front of the property is always always effective but mm-hmm. by and large um, direct mail 
is, has diminished, and it's all Internet and email is what we're seeing is where the response and where the bidders are coming from and where they're getting their information. Okay. So as a seller, I'm going to have this upfront marketing cost, and, and that can vary, and I guess you could give me uh, various price ranges I could pick from, right? And then you mentioned a commission, and we're short on the break, but that commission's really paid by the buyer's premium, right? We use a buyer's premium. It's an yeah. effective tool to, mm-hmm. to essentially put more money on top of the high bid that's paid for uh, by the buyer. And, and in terms of what we do, we try to be competitive uh, with what's out there in the industry. So mm-hmm. uh, what we do, we look, every deal's different. And mm-hmm. so we're, there's nothing etched in stone with us in terms of cost up front, who pays, commission, these types mm-hmm. of things. We want to look at it and try to put it back in the seller's hand and say, look, this is what we think is competitive and, and, and will work for you. Okay. All right, we'll take a short break. When we get back, we're going to have some tips for, for bidders, for buyers, for brokers, and for sellers. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. Ah, yes. Let us all remember that he who has something to sell and goes and whispers in the well is not as apt to call the dollar as he who climbs a tree and hollers. It's auction time here. <laughs> That's right. It's auction time. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull, and we have Scott Schwartz here with the Commercial Auction Group. We're talking about auctions. In this segment, we're going to provide some tips and strategies for sellers. And I think one of the big questions a, a sellers always kind of start with is, uh, do they should they go absolute or not, and and how how badly does it affect the auction to have a min- minimum bid? Yeah, you, you know, every, every auctioneer would love for every property to be absolute. You know, an absolute means selling regardless of price. That means there's no tomorrow. Whatever the high bid is, mm-hmm. uh, that's what it is. And that typically brings the most amount of money than any other format. The problem with it is I can't guarantee that to a seller of what that quote most is. I can't say this is uh, what the dollar amount is without a crystal ball and that sort of thing. Now, obviously, b- buyers and bidders love absolute auctions. Mm-hmm. Um they know they're not wasting their time. Well, that's a lot of questions I'll get from buyers, and I talk to them about an auction process uh, and, as a buyer, and they're like, well, is it absolute? If it's absolute, I'll come. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and the crazy thing about that is being absolute, it usually brings more than what they would want to pay, you know, but that's yeah. all right. You know, yeah. I, I respect anyone's um, time and, and effort, but but the other flip side, which is usually probably probably 80% of the, of the auctions that exist out there, are ones with some level of reserve, mm-hmm. um, and I get that a lot. You know, my que- it's the first question is if it's not absolute, what's the reserve? You know, what's mm-hmm. the minimum? You know, what's this person's or seller's threshold of pain? And we very rarely will announce that or or disclose that. And here's why: it's not to be coy or try to. Um, uh, to, to, to play games with anyone's, but the reality is this. Sometimes um, private sellers, uh, institutional sellers, a bankruptcy court, sometimes they really don't know what their threshold of pain is. So if I had a contract that had a reserve of, say, 500000 in it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to disclose that to anybody because the person that wanted to pay four hundred or four fifty just goes plays golf that day. There's mm-hmm. no need at that point to come to the auction. But mm-hmm. from a seller standpoint, I need your $400,000 bid and your four fifty to get to the to the proverbial minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you'll find is, and, and I, I mean this sincerely, most reserves are a farce. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're almost what the seller hopes to get. 
Right. You know, yeah. and it's not to say that we're not successful and, and, and don't meet the reserve as much as we're successful at getting them under contract because we pre-qualified the seller's expectations on the front end to know that they're legitimately ready to sell. So if I would have told you the reserve was for, you know, was 500000 and then you find out a week later after playing a nice round of golf that it's under contract for four fifty, you might be a little upset. And yeah. say, well, I wish I would have known. So it's not a, a – most auctioneers will never convey the reserve just because they know that the seller typically has the potential to take less, and, and, and you've really got to rely on the auction group that you're working with um, and put some faith in them that they're only dealing with credible sellers that have the capacity to take a genuine look at whatever the property brings. Okay. And what's the next biggest question you get from sellers that are considering going into the auction process? The next question, when they think about it, what do you think it'll bring? Right. Well, you know, you know, how bad is it? You know, <laughs> and, um, you know, many situations, and I hate to say this, we'd like to be people's first options you know, um, but we know that we're, we're typically the last method of resort, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of these properties, when they come to us, um, there is flexibility to where it's owned uh, free and clear, and they're simply mm -hmm. tired of the maintenance potentially or the holding, you know, or not holding costs as much as taxes and these types of things. And mm -hmm. those types of properties do real well because the buying market knows that there's no hurdle to clear. There's no um, debt that must be surpassed before the seller can legitimately accept mm -hmm. an offer. Those do real well, but but the other ones uh, that we get from sellers, um, sometimes uh, we are the deliverer of bad news. Mm -hmm. And there's an old expression, and I use it a lot, that is, if you have to eat a frog, don't stare at it too long. <laughs> and that is, it is what it is, yeah. and things may not change. And, and oftentimes we come in a situation after it's been marketed for a while and have to kind of be that dose of reality to say, this is how bad it is. Mm -hmm. And um, Trust me, it's not all the situations, but but that is a lot of the, the looking that we do. And granted, we're not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, um, We'll look at 10 deals maybe before one of them looks like a right auction deal. And I think that's the most important thing for any auctioneer uh, to convey to a seller is just bold honesty. Yeah. And well, you know, that honesty and that expectation is it should be there. But at the same time, you know, I've seen some of these properties sell at auction for for more than I thought they were worth. So, you know, the the mentality there of, of some of these buyers bidding uh, can really bid up these prices, can't they? It, it can. You know, <laughs> certainly we'll get calls from sellers that that are kind of feel maybe beaten down that they haven't had haven't mm -hmm. had um, success, and we take an auction sale and and. Oftentimes, if it's been marketed in the past, you'll get some of the people that had shown interest in the past that come back mm -hmm. to the table now they realize mm -hmm. it's an auction. But the idea is to hit some new blood. It's maybe not tainted about a particular market. Or maybe the market's getting better and, and uh, circumstances have changed. And, and you're right. Um, auctions can definitely surprise you um, if given the right elements and they can work well. But it's got to be... Um, put together on the front end to make sure everyone's on the same page and the seller is realistic and uh, can, we convey exactly to the seller uh, what we think. Okay. All right, well, stay with us. We're going to have some tips this time for buyers and bidders. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-832. 8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today we're talking about auctions. We have Scott Schwartz here with the Commercial Auction Group, and this time we're going to, this segment we're going to talk about some tips for buyers. So 
Scott, what is the, your, your number one tip for bidders going to an auction? Number one tip for bidders going to an auction. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> and, and I mean that. I, yeah. I've seen this time and time again. Um, you see a property coming up for auction. Mm -hmm. We sell things on an as-is, where-is basis. Okay, that puts you at a little bit of um, maybe an uneasy feeling, but you say, okay, you've got some time before the auction, so let's do some due diligence. Let's mm -hmm. maybe get an inspector in here. Let's do some things and, and ask the right questions. And it's always important to call the auction company. That Typically, most, most assets coming up for auction will have an individual sale manager that's appointed that should be knowledgeable about the property and get the information that you need. And it's nice to, to, to establish a relationship with them, but, but I mean that because I think – uh, you, you do your due diligence and sometimes people can talk themselves out of a deal. Mm -hmm. They can psych themselves out. They've done all this homework on the front end that when the auction rolls around it's like a deer in a headlight. They freeze up. <laughs> um, and, and maybe that happens one or two times to them again before they realize that they shouldn't have thought about it too much because mm -hmm. I do see most successful auction buyers time and time again do nothing more than, than put boots on the ground ask a few basic questions and make quick smart decisions and uh, and usually walk away with the with, with an opportunity yeah and it helps when these sellers uh, are doing auctions for their properties that they do provide a lot of deliverables and due diligence so you know it's easier for buyers to 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 do their due diligence not to spend as much money so um, how much due diligence should a buyer do if they don't know they're going to get the asset <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a double-edged sword for an yeah. auction company you want to have good basic Good basic information. Mm -hmm. And if you, ha if, for instance, if you're working for a bank, the reason certain um, types of information may not exist is because they didn't want to pay for them mm -hmm. uh, or there's not time to pay for them. The so the sellers didn't. The, yeah. the sellers didn't, didn't mm -hmm. want to do that. It's not to mean that there's something hidden behind that. And what mm -hmm. people have got to remember, too, auctioneers are also licensed brokers. We're bound by the same uh, laws and so forth that, that a conventional broker is. And so if we know something blatantly wrong with the property, we're going to disclose that. We believe in, in, in being very transparent. And in fact, I think the more transparent you can be, even on a negative uh, side of what the of, of, of that things that affect the property on a negative basis works in our favor mm -hmm. because now a bidder kind of feels say wait a second this guy seems like a nice guy he's, he's, he's given us the good the bad the ugly about the property and we feel like we can trust him certain to a certain level and hopefully give someone uh, a greater level of ease when it does come to, to bidding but and I, and I didn't mean to be um, silly about saying don't think about it too much because when you're dealing in, in real estate with those types of dollar amounts it's, it's nothing to, to, to not think about but don't overanalyze two things come in with an intent of making a quick smart decision and be ready to do business okay and how should they else they do be ready they need to have their, their cash ready right and they have they yeah. have the mentality ready I, yeah well this is what i would say i think i, I think you get nervous um maybe if you're doing it for the first time or first few times the best way to settle your nerves is to do this have the auction the night before. And what I mean by that is, is if your money's in line, you know where you're getting your financing, you know about the property, you feel good, more times than not, you will have already set a number. I always recommend set a maximum. Mm -hmm. And if you set a maximum of a million bucks, mm -hmm. come to the auction knowing that just a couple things can happen. You can either pay a million dollars for it, for which you'd be happy. Or less. Or less, which you'd be happier. Yeah. Or if it goes over that million dollars, you get in the car and there'll be another day. Now I'm telling you that now that we're talking on a, on a radio show, but the day of the auction, yeah, I'm going to go try to get you to bid more <laughs> than you dreamed of. My feeling about every good auction, successful auction, is you always bid up to what you wanted to pay, and then just bid three more times and you'll get it. <laughs> you know, just hang and in you'll there. You'll get it. You'll get it. Hang in yeah. there. Yeah. 
And what about getting caught up in that uh, that psychological of trying to win? Everybody wants to win everything they're doing, right? Oh, yeah. And you're there, you're spending the time. What would you tell a buyer about, you know, if, in a buyer's view, if you're advising a buyer, what would you tell them about that? You know, um, it depends on what kind of discipline you have. Some mm-hmm. I've seen some people will bring someone with them. Mm-hmm not as a guardian capacity because they'll go have lunch together after the auction but mm-hmm. as the capacity to say hey look you know I'm, I'm gonna keep you straight on the <laughs> yeah. on the path that we talked about yeah. the night night before but it can happen because often uh when you strip price tags off of something which is what happens in an auction sale there mm-hmm. maybe you can find some history of a past list price but but you know at this point it's an auction sale sometimes you you may you may not be able to put an exact number of what you think it could potentially worth and so you look towards the others at the auction to kind of validate what you're bidding and 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 it happens to to where if someone on the front end has done a lot of due diligence and this mm-hmm. goes back to uh, doing inspections and so forth and they've got that element of time on the front end and they said we're not going to bid a dime over 300,000 what mm-hmm. you'll find is not all the time but many times if I've got 300 I'm asking them for 310 mm-hmm. they'll go ahead and give you 310 because they do have that front end element of time and and they look around they see the other people at the auction and it it seems to make sense for them at the time and and most times um they'll walk away with with a you know what they think is a pretty good deal but sometimes they'll go a little bit over what they thought they would pay it just depends on the individual bidder and one of the things that that we've done for people who are bidding on properties and bidding on notes is they'll come in and and tell us what level due diligence they want us to do for them so you know they may say look we want to do preliminary comps and analysis or we want you to visit the site or we also want rent comps and we want to know the trends in that market and we want you to go real deep and check out the tenants and that sort of thing so i think you also got to look at how big is this property how big is this opportunity to decide how deep you go and if you have advisors how deep do you want to pay them to go right yeah exactly the, you yeah. know the more moving parts the you know the you know certainly the bigger the asset the price of poker goes up mm-hmm. and so you want to do you know a, a adequate amount of due diligence based upon what you're looking at mm-hmm. uh, we sold uh, multifamily apartment units where you're looking at rent rolls and expenses and this type of thing and so yeah I'm not certainly trying to say disregard due diligence but um, but uh, hopefully within a small period of time you can get the information that you need to make a smart decision. All right, we'll stay with us for a short break. We'll have some advice for advisors and brokers on the process of auctions. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit commercialrealestateshow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about auctions. And remember, you can bid on a Hank Aaron signed baseball. And you can do that on Twitter. Just use hashtag 755. That auction will be open until Wednesday at 3. We have Scott Swartz here with the Commercial Auction Group. And, and Scott, how can brokers get involved in the auction process they can be very helpful and benefit from the process right absolutely especially Mm -hmm. now as the market's getting better and you've got Mm -hmm. some some listings that are been out there for a while that you're Mm -hmm. trying to move and get and get and get done well we always recommend with most brokers if you've got a situation you've got a seller that 
that needs to move a, a property, just give us a call, typically. Let us go take a look at it on the front end. And do it and, before they do, right, so you well, can be involved? <laughs> listen, I would say this. I would say this. If you're, not, if you're not talking, if you've got a listing for a period of time or you're not close to your seller and you're not at least mentioning auction to some degree in certain mm-hmm. situations, not all, um, but in some degree, they might do that on their own. Even in the back room talking to the auction. Absolutely. And then you're out of the mix. But if you call us on the front end, uh, a few good things can happen. We can look at it, and and one, it could potentially result into a successful auction. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, it's not always bad if it doesn't turn into an auction. We can often sometimes get away with maybe telling your seller some things that the past or the existing broker can't say. We're kind of a second opinion, and I hate to say a Mm -hmm. um, maybe a a call to reality. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, it can help that broker do a couple of things, potentially extend the listing mm-hmm. and get the price down to something that's maybe more realistic and tuned that'll help that broker get it sold. Mm-hmm. Or three, often we can help that broker realize that it may be time to say goodbye. That, well, what, that, and what is the role of the broker then if it goes to auction and how are they compensated? We like to do this. Typically for most times, if they'll get us involved, we like to kind of... Uh, know take it from there from a different type of marketing approach altogether mm-hmm. um, again the seller will will pay some level of upfront advertising costs and that certainly fluctuates but we like to rely on two things one taking the broker's information that they've worked hard for they've already got a lot of sweat time energy and effort this thing let us take that information that you've got about the asset including the prospects mm-hmm. um, maybe not the ones that, that we're going to give you the list price but at least some some amount less than that and make them aware of the auction handle the marketing of it uh, facilitate the auction, and then typically the time of the auction, we'll typically split on a 50-50 basis the commission that comes in, which in sometimes, and many times, it can be that 10% uh, buyer's premium. And so mm-hmm. a broker looks at that as being a, an opportunity to, to move something and still earn a fair commission. Mm-hmm. And then here's another bonus to it is we're really good about keeping spreadsheets on who we talk about. So it's not just your past prospects, it's the new blood that we attract mm-hmm. to that auction. And once the auction's over, we've got, you know, non-refundable earnest money and it closing in 30 days, I'll sit down with that broker that brought us the deal that we've been working with on it mm-hmm. and share with them all the new people that came to because it's not just a commission on that deal, it's future commissions on people that uh, said, hey, I'm in, I'm, I'm buying real estate yeah. and or, or um, potentially and have in, real estate to sell. And I'm in your area. Absolutely. And And I think this is beneficial too because even if you're a seller and you know your broker's worked hard on this and it's just not moving, you really like for him to be compensated and involved. So you could have your broker contact someone like you and they're still involved and they're getting a fee. So either if you're the broker or the seller, you might like that situation. Right? Absolutely. There's nothing better than yeah. loyalty, which is yeah. which is um, a big part of integrity. Absolutely. You know, and and. Um, and we like it. So if you, you know, if you're, for sellers out there that do feel a little bit of a loyalty to their broker that's been working hard and want mm-hmm. to see them get compensated, but also mm-hmm. want to see it in an end to getting their property closed, it's not going to cost you anymore. It's right. just a different and, approach. And they can be very helpful to the process. I know we've oh. done we've done it where our brokers have gone to auction with you, and they can they can add some value to the marketing process. And our time is up today, Scott. Thanks for joining us today. My, we appreciate all the great information. Certainly, my pleasure. Happy to be here. And if you like some more information from Scott, his website is Commercial Auction Group. Well, thanks for being with us today, and uh, be sure and join us next week. We're going to talk about migration and demographics effect on real estate. So it's a great show. Be sure and join us. And thanks for joining us this week. Be sure, until next week, you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. 
All right, here we go. 5, 10, 15, give it a 25. Now 30, give it a 35. 40, 40, give it a 45. 50, give it a 55. 50, give it 55. Here, 50, here, 55, 55, 55, 55. Call them your way. $50 million. Congratulations, sir. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Florida International University. Earn your commercial real estate master's degree in as little as 10 months. Visit FIUonline.com. And Bull Realty Commercial Brokers, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. And France Media Publications and Conferences. For exposure to the world of commercial real estate, visit francemediainc.com.